Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So, today's guest is somebody who I met about four years ago on my social work journey. So yes, prior to me starting property, business, and coaching, I was actually a social worker for a very, very short amount of time. But about two weeks ago, T reached out again, and he was commenting on one of my earlier episodes and how he found it very inspiring. And then he asked if he could be on the show. Of course was the answer, but I was intrigued because knowing T at university during our two years studying the masters, he was always the one in the class that would make people smile. He was always smiling, yet somewhere deep down, I knew there was some element of struggle, some level of adversity that he had been through, but you could never guess what it was. Because like I said, he was always the one that would make all our classmates smile. He was always easy come, easy go. He was rarely getting stressed. And he was just a pleasure to be around. So when he offered to share his story, I was intrigued because I knew there was going to be something that was going to be inspiring and motivating. And he didn't disappoint. This episode was fantastic. One, because I got to see my good friend again. But two, because I realised how lucky and fortunate I am and probably many of you listeners are too. So I think it's important we jump straight into this episode and um, listen to what he has to say and really understand that sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side and that we do actually have an unbelievable amount of things to be grateful for. Okay, so I'm sitting here now with my good friend T. So if you could explain, actually firstly, how are you doing? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. I'm glad to be here. Good Happy stuff. to be here. Good stuff. I completely you know. forgot to ask him how he was. <laughs> so um, I think it's important for the listeners to understand a little bit about your journey and how you progress through life. So if you could just start from, I suppose, your first memory and kind of let us know the life of T up until now. Okay. That's all right. This is something different for me. You know, I don't usually speak. I'm not too good at speaking. But I know that at the end of this, if I can inspire at least one person, Absolutely. you know tangibly that that would be great that's my job here done um i come from very 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 humble beginnings mm-hmm. well i say that i'm still i'm still here humble beginnings now mm-hmm. uh, not made it yet but we are making progress my parents my mom and dad they moved here in 2003 uh, when we were from zim uh, zim being zimbabwe zimbabwe mm-hmm. yes uh, yes um and you know we came here we came with a suitcase and a dream right uh, it was a case of uh, the economy was not too great over there. Mm-hmm. So we thought, you know what, yeah, what's the next big thing? And, you know, um, this this was it. This this was it. Um, they had two children at the time. And like most people, they found, that, found out that working hard was the way to their, you know, American dream, so mm-hmm. to speak. I know that we're not in America, but yeah, you, know, yeah. you get what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, perhaps well, that's one of the first lessons that I want to to share with you guys something that I learned from my parents uh, having moved here is that you know you've got to work hard you have to work because I grew up in a house where you know I was watching my parents work day in day out I watched them continue to work hard day and night to make sure that me and my sister would not go without you know they were breaking their backs um, and through that I'd like to say that I had a front row seat in learning mm. you know about hard work Absolutely. and what it takes you know, starting from the bottom, uh, I remember back home, uh, they had really prestigious jobs, mm-hmm. but they came here and had to start from the bottom, mm-hmm. literally start at the foundation level. Okay. Okay. So, can I just jump in there? So, yeah. back home, you had prestigious jobs. Was it still not enough in order to fulfill the dreams that they had? I would like to think that they probably did it with us in mind. Okay. Because the way that the things were going, mm-hmm. I reckon if they continued working, things would have been okay for them. Mm-hmm. But then by the time it came to us growing up and working, mm-hmm. things may not have been so good for us. 
You know, because I think they had us in mind to build our futures Mm -hmm. because we were going to have better opportunities. That makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's that thing of opportunity. That's why you see there's so many people now trying to risk their lives day in, Mm -hmm. day out, Mm -hmm. trying to get to the UK or, you know, these different countries in the West because opportunities are there better than at home. Yeah. We don't know how lucky we are sometimes. We don't. And we take things for granted. Absolutely. That's the thing. We take things for granted. So It's so easy to wake up and say, oh, I don't know what to do. But there's someone dying for this opportunity that mm. we wake up every day and just, oh, you know, wake up every day, dread going to work. Or, you know, so someone's dying for this. is someone else's yeah. dream. Someone's yeah. dying for this, you know. Yeah. We mourn about our jobs. I know that we spoke about this earlier. Absolutely, yeah. And um, it's that thing of we take things for granted, man. Mm. You know. But anyway, I digress. I was saying I had a front row seat watching what it really takes to build the life that you want and understanding fundamentally that in this country you can do anything you wanted if and only if you're willing to make the sacrifices and pull your socks up. Hmm. Like I said, people are risking their lives trying to sneak in due to the abundance of opportunities that we're presented with. So the lesson I want to convey to you guys today is that there's nothing more powerful than that silence example. And for me, that silence example was my parents. They never told me that, you know, when we came here, they never told me, this is what you have to do. We were just watching. Yeah. We just had to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All thinking, okay, you know, yeah, weekends, dad is working. In the night, mom is working. You know, but we're just watching that work ethic. That's powerful. Very. There's a quote on that, I think. It says, um, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. Mm. And that's what it is. Um, and that's with anything in mind, because you get a lot of people who are just talking the talk and stuff. It sounds great when you say it. Absolutely, but it sounds it's, brilliant. it's the action. Yeah. It's the action that you, you can talk a good yeah. game, man, but when it comes to doing it, it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, from that as well, I learned that parents, as parents, I'm not a parent yet, but as parents, do not be afraid to let your kids watch you fail or mm. watch you start from the bottom mm. and watch you sweat because we're taking inspiration from absolutely. them. We're learning that strong, strong work yeah, yeah. ethic. I think that's I think that's a powerful lesson because one of the like I say to a lot of people, my superpower, mm-hmm. I believe everyone's got a superpower, and I use that as an analogy or a metaphor, is I just work hard. That's it. I don't have anything else. Got I'm not naturally more talented at something else, but I will most likely outwork most people because I've seen my mum do it. Mm-hmm. I've seen her work ninety hours a week when we were growing up, I hardly used to see her around. I'm thinking, where's mum? And then she'd come from work and she's like getting changed into her next outfit and she's back off to work. Yeah. And I'm not talking Monday to Friday, I'm talking Saturday, Sunday. I'm it's talking wrong. in the six week holidays. Mm. Mm. I think that's really important. I think we should set an example of the real life and not try and hide things from our kids. That's it. In order to try and protect them because actually you could actually be giving them a good thing. Of that course. makes sense. There's, there's no such thing as an overnight sensation. Mm-hmm. No such thing. People, you have to work. You know, some people are lucky enough to be born in rich families and whatnot. But majority of us we have to work our way up mm-hmm. and for me i'd like to say that's probably one of the best solid examples of my life and that's made me who i am today because it's that that allowed me <clears throat> to figure out that you know what yeah i'm not gonna be a product of my circumstances mm. i'm gonna be sort of the master of my destiny i'm saying that now but back then it was not like that in the sense of for example you know when i first came here I came when I was about 10 years old, started in year six. I remember going to school, not knowing English that well, because obviously we don't, English is the second language back home. Okay. But we do not have to speak it that much because we don't need to. Of course. You know, we just have the lesson in English and whatnot. So I came here in year six, you can imagine, you know, trying to learn English. Um, there were a lot of awkward moments. We were not, you know, we were not well off. We were, poor pretty much um i remember going to school and uh, you know you know there's that those those big clumps of bacon that mm-hmm. um the cheaper the cheaper version mm-hmm. is the cheap version because it's not little thin slices where mm-hmm. you can put in a sandwich and whatnot it was the big chunky yeah. versions. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me laugh every time man God. but it's brilliant because again this is what builds mm. my character Big clumps of bacon. I remember my mom, you know, wake up in the morning, <laughs> make that, try and cut it into as small pieces as possible. But you can imagine it was not easy trying yeah, to cut yeah. it into like you know thin slice, perfect mm-hmm. slices of bacon. And she put it on a sandwich. Uh, I'll get to school. So obviously, I I did not know some of the things that 
where it deemed to be normal mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that eating a cold bacon, a bacon sandwich was sometimes frowned upon. Yeah. So I'd be there, break time, take out my bacon sandwich. And I remember, I remember having to clinch onto the bread so hard to prevent the whole meat from just <laughs> <laughs> take a bite, you know. Yeah. I remember sometimes we'd have pizza, we'd have pizza on a, um, you know, the night before. Mm. And um, I'll bring the leftovers mm-hmm. in my lunchbox, up in my lunch for school. Uh, and I remember there'd be whispers, people are whispering, like, what, are they, what are they whispering about? Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, oh, he brought cold pizza, mm-hmm. he's eating cold pizza, eee. And I did not know that this was not the to be normal back then. But you know, it was tough. My sister was there, she was younger, she started like right at the start of school year one. She couldn't speak that good English as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just had each other to try and, you know, learn. I remember my sister would go home, she'll be trying to read a book to try and learn, mm. you know, English. Wow. But she'd be holding that book upside down, you know, it was just like the effort that wow. was there. Um, just to add to that, mm. I would love a cold piece of lunch <laughs> look, and look, a cold bacon sandwich for breakfast. I do that now. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. Look, those kids don't know what they're missing out on. Kids, <laughs> kids are cruel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kids are cruel. That's why there's so much bullying in school mm. and whatnot. Mm. It's only now, right now, I would feel no way mm. if I have to, you know, go to work with uh, mm. pizza in my lunchbox. I'll, I'll be, this is all right. This is okay. Because now I don't feel that I need anyone's approval. Mm. I'm at that stage now where certain people's opinion, if it's not constructive, it does not bother me. Um, moving on. Uh, then we went to secondary school. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're picking up English. You know, it's improving, improving. The language is getting better. So we get to school. Um in year, we're doing the sets in year nine. I did okay, considering. Mm-hmm. Year 10, we'll do GCSEs, okay? No, year 10, we'll do mock GCSEs. Mm-hmm. I thought these are mocks, and I did not take them too seriously, but I still did well in them. Mm-hmm. Then I remember I remember there was one parents' evening. There was one parents' evening. No, it wasn't even a parents' evening, actually. My parents were cold from school, mm-hmm. and the teacher said, can you please come in when we have a discussion? Your son is underachieving. Right. Okay. I remember my mum went in. They get told, your son is predicted to come out at the end of GCSEs to come out with four Cs. Mm. And that's that. And I was I was sitting in that meeting. I was thinking, what, what on earth is going on? I'm like, what do you think I'm going to get four Cs? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, could, I could not believe it. Mm. I could not believe it myself. I'm like, How could, where's this coming from? Mm. You know, I thought I'm doing well in lessons. I'm always one of the best behaved students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like my teachers are doing me dirty. I'm like, where's <laughs> this coming from? I thought we were cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at them like, and you can only imagine, you know, uh, in my house, we take education very seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's not just my house. It's probably across most African families, mm-hmm. most African countries, because in Africa, education is not free. Mm-hmm. You know, here it's a privilege. It's a privilege. Mm. It's a privilege that many cannot afford. Mm. I remember back home, kids will be sent out from class if they have to sit at the headmaster's office or go home if you've not paid your school fees. Because some people simply could not afford. So you come into so imagine you come into this country now, mm. education's free, and you're messing about. Yeah. You're not taking advantage of the opportunity that is presented mm. to you. Where there's others at home who are dying for this opportunity. And when, if they are to get it, they would flourish, mm, mm. you know. Right. Uh, so I remember we get home. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ah, and obviously, can only imagine, they were really disappointed. They were not happy. Mm. It was a case of, um, right, you're messing about. You're not taking school education seriously. Uh, from now on, there'll be no going out, no playing out. If you were to play outside, yeah, you know, obviously I did not go playing out during the week anyway. I was not allowed. Okay. Uh, which I thought was very oppressive. On the weekends, I was allowed out on mainly just the Saturday. Uh, if it's Sunday, it's only a couple of hours. I was allowed on Saturday, but before I did that, I had to do, you know, those, those um, PGCC books. Yeah, you know, those yeah, yeah. With that yeah. cool guy with the little glasses. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I had to do a certain number of pages of them before wow. I could go out and I had to get it right. Uh, and I used to hate it. You know, I used to think, oh, why are they doing this to me? Why me? Mm-hmm. You know, all my friends are out. Then when I did go out, I would have to, I had a curfew. I had to be in for like either six or seven, even in the summer when the sun's blazing hot mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. You have to be in for seven. And I'm thinking to myself, why are they doing this to me? Why me? You know, um, I used to moan about it. 
I was not impressed. But then, it's only now when I look back. Because obviously, at that age, you know more than your parents, don't you? You Absolutely, know, you all think that. You know? Yeah. But when I look back now, at the kind of people that were staying out till midnight, mm. what they were doing till midnight, I'm not comparing myself to them. But I'm just saying, I'm glad that my parents did that. I'm glad that they did that for me because mm. it could have gone south for me as well if I was one of them kids. I hear that. If I got involved with the wrong crowds and whatnot because some of them are in prison, some of them are just doing all kinds of badness, you know. Mm. Anyway, um, so that was that after the predictions. I think, yeah. I think that is an important point though that we should stress because I was the same. So mm. I went to Tibida, which is where you, you live now, I think. Yeah. You still live there. And... I had like best friends and you think you're never going to get friends better than this. Never. And I wanted to go to TV.com mm-hmm. and um, at that time I was doing well academically. So my parents were like, um, we're going to send you to grammar school. I said, what the hell is grammar school? Mm-hmm. Then I found out it was all boys school. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no way. Like yeah. you're going through puberty and you're starting to find the opposite sex attractive. And I was like, yeah. I'm not going to an all boys school. And um, I went and I resented it. I resented the decision for ages. Okay. And I hated it. But in hindsight, similar to yourself now, that got me into a very good university, even when my grades weren't great, because mm. I had that on my CV. Okay. It also taught me a lot about how you should conduct yourself in certain situations. Not all of it was positive, but also within there, I've got some of my best friends, and I'm talking about friends who are on the right side of the law. Okay. When I look back at, if I'd gone to and I look at my friends there, there was stabbings, there was prison, mm. there was drugs with the community that I grew up with. So I don't know, would I have been brave enough when, and stepping away from friends who I've grown up with or would I have just got involved in that? I don't know. Mm. We'll never know, but I'm kind of grateful that I went my way okay. and life has brought me here. So yeah, parents, I think they always try and do the best that they know. But at that time, you don't see... Oh, man, at that time, I was, you grow I was up, angry. I was angry, yeah. Absolutely. Man, thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they never even played football there. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was like the hotshot footballer, apparently. And like mm-hmm. now, now, I've got two left feet because I've been playing for like 15 years. <laughs> so every, all my dreams were kind of crushed in that moment. Yeah, But yeah. then, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And now I'd kind of think, you know what? Actually, my life isn't too bad. And I mm-hmm. suppose it's perspective and it's age. And as you grow, you can... You can spin anything, I suppose, in a good way. That's it. Um, that's yeah, it. sorry, continue. No, no, that, that, that's true. I completely, completely agree. We get to year 11, mm-hmm. the actual GCSEs. Um, yeah, we do the GCSEs, great. And I remember they used to do this thing as well. Um, they did what was called Student of the Year mm-hmm. at the school. So it would be, you know, one student male, one student female uh, in each year who's been basically the example student, grades-wise, um, doing your homework, your behaviour, etc., not getting in trouble. Certainly a good example for, you know, the others. Um, I remember in year 10, at the end of the year, I became runner-up student of the year. And I was gutted. I was thinking... Oh, you were gutted? Runner-up. That's not, that means someone yeah. else was better than yeah. me. Someone else, you know, someone else's parents were happier than mine. You know what I mean? Um, but I was, I was I was happy with that, you know. But I was I was gutted at the same time, thinking, man, so close, mm-hmm. so close, you know. We get to year eleven, we do GCSEs. I come out with two A's, four B's, and four C's. Brilliant. I don't know how much that had to do with all the extra homework that I had to do mm-hmm. because of that meeting being cold. But I sort of think sort of a bit smug towards my teachers, thinking, oh, okay, there's your four C's, you know, mm-hmm. thinking... I'll prove you think, wrong. Yeah, yeah, you know. That thing of putting their limitations or expectations mm-hmm. on me, you know, and I'm thinking, nah, not me. No way, mm-hmm. you know. Then um, that year was the end of the year. I won student student of the year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got like, it. Okay, great. This is yeah. brilliant. This was it. And for me, I, I, I think actually to date, to date, I know that this is... I'm an adult now, mm. but this is that's my greatest achievement. Wow. I still feel that that's one of the best achievements because mm. I worked hard for that. And for you to be picked in a school of how many people to be the top and mm. you know be the and knowing top where you student. come from and where you started exactly that's the thing as well. It's that journey knowing you know I came here barely being able to speak a word of English, and now here I am mm. being told you're the example student. Mm. You know that was big for me, and that's why to this day it's still one of my biggest achievements. 
then we go on to college to A-levels doing A-levels I remember again there was a <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what these teachers see in me. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's because the way that I behave sometimes. Because I'm a bit of a joker. Yeah. Sometimes I like to tell jokes. Sometimes there might be inappropriate times mm-hmm. when I like to crack a joke. And you know, I remember there's like now there's been interviews when I go into and I'm just cracking jokes. You yeah. Know? And I'm thinking, is this is this is this okay? Is this appropriate? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and some jobs I did not get probably because of you yeah. know probably I thought this guy's not serious. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, you know, there's one parents even in college. My parent, my mom comes in. I remember my friend's dad came in as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember as we were going out, he was going out, my mom was coming in. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, oh man, the shenanigans that these kids can't get into. <laughs> so obviously my mom kind of knew what to expect, you yeah. know. And in there, it was some, I can't remember exactly what the predictions were, but it was not great. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. it was not good. It was not great. Um, and I remember we did the first set of January exams. So, you know, like straight after college, when you get into college, there's a January exam, mm-hmm. so like three months in and whatnot. And I remember there was a law exam that I was meant to go to. I thought the exam was at 2 p.m. or something. I don't know what put that in my mind, but I thought the exam was at 2. I had the timetable stuck on a wall. It was on a Wednesday. I remember it was on a Wednesday. It had just snowed. It was in January. It had just snowed. So the roads were not great. Mm-hmm. You could still travel, but it was not. You had to go like 10 miles per hour. Then I remember I'm gonna make myself a full English breakfast so that I'm proper good for this exam, you know, in the afternoon. Yeah. I need to be having a good full appetite, yeah. you know. No cold pizza. No cold pizza. No, <laughs> <laughs> no cold pizza, yeah. no clumpy bacon. <laughs> you know. That's the good stuff. Um I'm making myself breakfast. I'm like, anyway, somebody just told me, you know, go and check what time your exam is. Mm. At this time it's about half nine. My exam was at nine o'clock. <laughs> oh, and I thought to myself, you know, when your heart just drops. Yeah, yeah. Ran upstairs to my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm meant to be the exam now. Can you drive me this? You know. Mm. He was not happy, obviously. <laughs> you'd be thinking, how can you make such a silly mistake, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't even have a shower. I, I don't think I even brushed my teeth. I just put some clothes on, put some lotion I'm, on I'm just worried about the breakfast. That's going <laughs> to The breakfast was left on the so, You know what I mean? I was, yeah. That's what hurt me the most as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Because now, I'm late to the exam. <laughs> I've not had a shower, not even brushed my teeth mm. or whatever. I've not had breakfast. Mm. I'm gonna go and sit this exam, having no breakfast. Yeah. yeah? So we get to school. Uh, we get to uh, to college, which is about half an hour drive on a good day. This was not a good day because mm. of the snow, obviously. Um, so I get there about half ten, and there's about an hour of the exam left. There's going to be about two and a half hours. I run through. I'm like, oh please, I'm meant to be in a law exam. Da 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 da. Uh, can you please let me go and sit the rest of the exam? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, can I restart it and get about two and a half mm-hmm. hours from now? And they're like, why were you late? And I said, oh, the bus broke down. And I was like, oh, all right, okay, that's fine, that's okay. Were you the only student from this college in that bus? They're like, yeah. And then I'm thinking, they're probably thinking this yeah. kid. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, you can go in the exam, but you can only sit the last, you know, hour. We're not going to give right. you that either. Yeah, so I did that, did the last hour, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll do my best, you know. Mm-hmm. Results came out, I got a D-E-U. Oh, that's nice, that's my surname. I just, yeah, I just thought of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I got a D-E-U, yeah. a U was in that law exam, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think I did that bad, but boy, come on, yeah. a U. And I remember thinking, oh, here we go again, mm. you know, how am I going to go home? How do you go home mm. with all of those results? So I thought the best thing to do, yeah? So there's no nasty surprises when I get home. Text my parents, just mm. let them know five hours in advance that this is what's, this is what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Five hours to cool down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hopefully by the time I get home, yeah. it would have sunk in, they would have accepted it. And you know, so I go home, get home. And again, it was just a case of, you know, yeah, this time there was no, you know, there was no body, you know, anything. It was just a case of, right, 10, it's your life. Mm. It's your life. You do what you want. And obviously that was that's that that hurts me. That's worse. That's the disappointment worse. is worse than anger, oh, I think. Man, yeah, disappointment is worse mm. than anger. I'd rather get shouted at yeah. than get told I'm disappointed in you, man. So I was thinking to myself, okay, so I had to pay for the receipts out of my own money. Then um I remember doing the receipts. I got an A, B, C mm. in the receipts in the summer, which was great because what I thought was A levels were gonna be the same as GCSEs, where you can revise two weeks before. No chance. Right. Not a chance, yeah. Mm. So I learned the hard way. 
cut a long story short, at the end, I got a BBC. Fantastic. At the end of the A-levels, mm-hmm. which was great, which then set me on the path to uni, university. Um, I went to university, went to Manchester, uh, did uh, my first degree, Youth Community Development, which mm-hmm. was, was alright, it was great, enjoyed it. Then I went on to do some work related to that. I worked at Faith and People, mm-hmm. and it was basically a an organisation which worked with young people who were born with HIV. And I would like to say that it's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. I cannot imagine. Job-wise and satisfaction-wise, because you know you're making that positive mm-hmm. impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. And having said that, you know, yeah, I'm going to keep jumping back and forth. No, back no that's forth. fine. Yeah. Like, I know that at the start of the podcast, we sort of discussed growing up in a house where you're watching people working hard mm. and whatnot. Whilst doing all this, I remember I got my first job at the age of 14. I remember it was a paper round for the local newspaper in the area. And it was about 350 newspapers uh, every Thursday. And I remember I wake up first thing in the morning, because I get delivered on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. First thing Thursday morning, do about 150 newspapers before going to school, come back, uh, get ready for school, go to school, come back home, deliver the rest of the newspapers. Sometimes it would sort of spill into the Friday as well, depending on how fast I was and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And again, it was that thing of trying to get that good work ethic instilled in me from a young age as well. So whilst I was, you know, in uh, college, I was working as well. Yeah. I was working mm-hmm. um, in um, at Aston Villa football club. You know, you do the mesh, mesh there, hospitality mm-hmm. and whatnot. Then when I moved to Manchester, I was working at Manchester United doing that match day hospitality as well, working wow. at Clark's. Um, then I moved back home, yeah, because the organisation I was working for, they lost their funding and uh, they had to close down. And I was thinking, man, what's next? Because I've got this degree, but I know that the job prospects are not great with it. Right, okay. It was almost a Mickey Mouse degree, if I'm mm-hmm. quite honest with you. And I think if I could go back... I might not have done that same one. Mm-hmm. Maybe flipping through that prospectus was a bit too fast for yeah. me. You know, it's just a case of, I want to get to you, I want to get to you, get that freedom. And I thought, you know, yeah, um, social work. Social work, that is the next thing for me. Mm. Um, that's where we met. And that's where we met. That's yeah. where we met. I remember, I actually remember the first time that I seen you, you were yeah. looking for parking. I remember you were looking at the, at the signs. I'm thinking, who's this kid? Yeah, okay, he's he's this <laughs> <laughs> um, I did social work. Yeah. And uh, that thing in social work as well, I was working at Nando's back then. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a case of, um, it was a different different environment mm-hmm. at uni, if you remember. It was yeah, a case yeah. of uh, working together. Different to when I did my undergraduate, mm. where it was a case of, oh, I've done my essay, but I'm not going to share nothing in the future, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Here, when we're doing the master's, it was a case of, you know, help me. Of course. And I'll help you. Of course. You know, what ideas have you got? What ideas? And I was, think I've seen more of your essays than my own. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. man. That's the thing. And it was a case of, like, it was not just us two. It was pretty much the of whole course, group. The course. whole group. Everyone just worked so well together. Mm. And uh, we tried to make sure that if someone did not was not doing so well, we try and pull them up and Absolutely. say, right, listen, do yeah. this, do this, you know, you know, send, send over my essay, mm. you know, paraphrase this, you yeah, know, yeah. it was great. And again, it's that thing of, um, for me, that's where I experienced real trust. Mm. I mentioned your, your colleagues, because I had not known anything like that before. I think I'm the same. and I, I think there's a few things there. I think one age, we were probably, all, everyone's had a degree before, so you wised mm. up a little bit. Mm. But I think also it's a testament of the people that go on to become social workers. Because you guys who are keeping in touch with here and there through like WhatsApp yourself a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, to be a social worker or want to become a social worker, you've got to be a different kind of person, I believe. You've got to have that level. There's going to be something in your heart that makes you want to help people. Yeah. So the reason we all, we all started mm-hmm. that journey together was we wanted to be the best damn social worker mm-hmm. in the world and that's change it. the world. That's so it. if we can't look after our peers who are on the same path as us, then that's saying something about your personality. And there's nobody on that course that I can think of who did that. We all literally just held each other up. That's Somebody it. would struggle in one module. It's like, come along with me. And I love that mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. vibe. So, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, having said that, you having said that, you know, you said you have to be a certain kind of person to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised, you know, bro. Really? There's some people that you see out there. I'm thinking, wait, in our uni group, yeah. Everyone was great. Absolutely. Everyone was great. There's mm-hmm. one person you think, mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. That person too much. But then when you get in the job, there are some people that you think, 
where were you on the course? Wow. You know what I mean? Really? I don't know whether that's something that develops over time. Do you time think they become desensitised or...? I reckon people do become desensitised because mm. sometimes, I know that we found this out, mm. that the job is not what we expected it to be. Yeah. So I think that's probably why some people sort of turn out to be a certain way whilst mm. on the job. Yeah. Um, you know, we did the Masters and now, you know, I'm, I'm working the job. I'm working the job and it's going okay. Um... But basically, from my story, the main thing that I want to sort of convey mm -hmm. is that thing of other people's expectations. Mm. Do not let people's expectations of you or other people's limitations of you become your reality. I love that. So, you know, if someone wants to say to you, you know what, yeah, you're not doing so well. I don't think you're going to be able to do this, you know. That's their expectations. Yeah. That does not mean it has to transpire to you. Absolutely. And sadly, it does. Sadly, in some cases, it does because there's that self-fulfilling prophecy. Where yeah. Say, if you tell the child that they're bad, you know, mm. for long, for long enough, they'll start believing that they're bad, mm. and they'll probably start behaving. Um, it's that thing of staying in your own lane. Mm. I, I think that's really important. People's opinions—they're all facts. It's just their belief, and again, their belief isn't the truth. It's mm -hmm. their truth. It's not mm. a fact. And I think I've learned that the hard way because a lot of stuff I've bought off or tried to do was based on other people's opinions that's it and i just think now the most important opinion is the opinion on myself mm. do you know what i mean and we really have to it sounds it sounds weird as a, as a grown man in his 30s thinking i need to start loving myself i need to start valuing myself because somewhere along the journey i stopped doing that and the way i would i suppose look at myself or value myself was based on the opinion of other people whereas now it's like we touched on earlier there's a few people in my life who their opinion concerns me mm. because I respect them and I want them to obviously think that I'm doing a good thing. But other than that, it's really about myself. And that's why we touched on prior to this episode starting. I do stuff like self-talk every morning and I do stuff that empowers me rather than brings me down because mm. a lot of the stuff that brings me down, it wasn't actually myself. It was the opinions of others that I would repeat to myself and say, I must be shy. I must be anxious. I must not be strong enough. I must yeah, not be good enough. That's it. And it's the mind is so powerful. So I think, one of the things I want to try and do with this um, podcast as well is try and get into younger heads so they don't go through that exactly. period yeah. as well. Reach, reach them young. That Absolutely. way you can instill that mindset in them from a young age, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, um, it's that thing of my mum always says, don't let your food go cold watching what's in someone else's plate. I love that. You know, I love it. Um, it's that thing of, for example, right now the time is, what time is it? 11.40. 11.40, 11.40. In Zim, it is 140. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's 140 in Zim right now. Does that mean that we're slower than Zim? Mm -hmm. We're not. Mm -hmm. We're in a different time zone. We're yeah. not slower than them. You know, I think that said something like, you know, someone graduated at the age of 22, but waited five years before securing a good job. And someone became a CEO at the age of 25, but died at the age of 50. While someone else became a CEO at the age of 50. Uh, and lived till they were 90. Obama retired as president at the age of 55. Donald Trump became president at the age of 70. You know, so everyone's in their own time zone and people around you, they might seem like they're ahead of you or some are be behind you, uh, but everyone's running their own race in their own time. So it's that thing of not being Absolutely. envious of them or mocking them. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to point out quickly for the podcast, he's reading my Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> because I actually had a post very similar to this. Yeah, no, but it makes so much sense, which is why yeah. we get along. We think the same kind of things. So I'm sure you're on my Instagram page. I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so it's that thing of, you know, you, you're, not, you're not late. Relax. Yeah. Things will happen at your own time. It, it's the truth, but the problem with society and like social media and stuff is we are letting our food go cold, I suppose, if you use that because we're watching Because we're watching other people. Else, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I don't do that myself. I'm, I'm conscious that it's not the right thing to do. Mm. Six out of the seven days a week, I don't do it. But there are some days where I'm like, oh, and you get frustrated because you're like, you want to be there. But then it is that thing about trusting the process. Mm. Now, we're both average gym goers. We know what it's like to put on weight, to add strength, to lose weight and stuff. That's and it. we know it's a process thing. That's um, it. So, so that's really important. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit okay. and move on to one of the next questions, which is about routine. 
Now, okay. I always believe we're a product of our habits and um, the things we tell ourselves. And I think, I know myself personally, when my routine's on point, my days are on point and my goals and my progression, it, it moves forward. But when it's not, it's completely off. So what I want to know is what's your kind of daily routine that you do now, having learned all the lessons that you've had since coming from Zimbabwe to England and going through school and now through your social work where you probably see more stuff than most people. What's kind of like your daily routine that keeps you going? Okay. Um, I'll start sort of from... From the, from the right at the start. Mm-hmm. That's normally a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wake up, hit the snooze button about three times. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Peel myself out of bed. Yeah. Be just, no, I'm joking. <laughs> right. Uh, so obviously, it's, um, I wake up mm-hmm. first thing in the morning, get on the um, treadmill mm-hmm. straight away. I do 45 minutes fasted cardio mm-hmm. at the moment. That's what I'm doing because I'm getting prepared for a show. Mm-hmm. I've got a bodybuilding show coming up uh, in about nine weeks. And where, um, where is that show? That'll be in Staffordshire. Okay. In Staffordshire. Then there'll be another one two weeks after that in Staffordshire. And another one potentially after that in Scotland. Love it. Yeah. So at the moment, I wake up, do my fasting cardio, get in the shower, then have my, make my breakfast. I normally just do um, you know, a breakfast that I can have on the go on my way to work. On my way to work, I'm probably listening to something. Because before, I used to listen to something like the radio. And then I realised that, well, for starters, radio presenters, they irritate me because I know that it's their job, but they chat a lot of rubbish yeah. and most of it is lies. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what they have to do. It's their job, isn't it? So they used to irritate me. I used to find that every time the, the song would be played, presenters are talking, I have to switch to a different station where they're playing a song at that time. I'll be listening to Radio 4 and whatnot. Um, but now I'll be listening to something quite motivational. You know, there's so many motivational things that you find on YouTube. And it takes me not too long to get to work. So I put that in. By the time I get to work, it's finished. And it's just planted a little something in my mind. I've learned something from that, you know, audio. And I get to work, do what I need to do. Uh, whilst at work, you know, I work in an office where people are always bringing cakes, croissants for breakfast and all this different, you know. Uh, there's donuts every now and then and I'm there eating out my little lunch boxes and eating my lunches um, and they're like oh you're gonna have some you're gonna have some and I'm like nah I'm, I'm all right I've got you know and they now no not even to offer me even if it's like a, a drink a cup of tea they don't ask me if I want one because they know that I'm not gonna have one mm-hmm. I just drink water mm-hmm. um, and you hear some of the conversations that are going on about oh, I can't lose weight or I can't do this in my head, I'm thinking, no, yeah, I'm not going to say anything on you because I've had these conversations with my colleagues about you know having the discipline to be able to do so things. Discipline. And if you are not there, they're like, oh, I wish I was like you. Like, well, you can be. All you have to do is get right up in the head. Until you get there, you're not going to be able to. It starts here. It starts. It starts. All starts in the head. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some that say, oh, I can't do it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You can't. You you actually can't. Can exactly. that's what they believe. Yeah. You don't believe that you can, so you can't. Mm. You're not there yet. Until you believe you can, then you can, yeah, anyway. Then I go to the gym after work, I destroy my workout as much as I can, go home, um, have my meal, uh, do a bit of reading after that, because I've got about two hours mm-hmm. there before I start getting ready for bed, um, have my last meal and go to bed. Okay. That's a typical day. And for me, don't get me wrong, I work a stressful job, mm. but something I think I think that sometimes it's as stressful as you make it. Mm. I'm not really a stressy, stressy person mm. like that. So for me, I always try and remain calm, stay chilled. And sometimes the people are like, you know, do, do you do you ever like stress? I'm like, what, what what's that gonna help? It's not gonna help me. Isn't gonna make things better? It's not. Then I go to the gym. For me, the gym is a space where I can shut down, mm. you know, just focus on what is in front of me. Yeah. It's a place for me. There's times that I'm going, I go to gym about six times a week. Mm. I don't want to go to gym about six times a week, but now it's a case of discipline. I'm discipline. I'm there whether I want to or whether I don't want to. Yeah. Do you think that I want to wake up first thing in the morning and do 45 minutes? Absolutely. I don't want to, yeah. but I have to. Okay. I have to. I do it because I have to. Mm. You know, People are saying, oh, yo, you're eating that dry chicken or dry chicken and veg again. But do you enjoy it? I don't enjoy it. I don't need mm. to enjoy it. I need to have it because my body needs it. It's not about what I enjoy. Oh, can you season your chicken? Yeah, because I can season it. So why don't you? Because I don't need to enjoy it. I need to have it. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm at right I like now. That. And the great thing about that is it's transferable. Mm. That is transferable. Anything to in life. Anything. 
Absolutely. Because for me, I've never competed before. These were my first bodybuilding competitions, mm. you know. And I think to myself, right, is that thing of before I used to go to gym, I used to just move weight, you know, try and lift as heavy as I can. Became pretty strong, I'd like to think. Um, is it all right? But then I thought, what's next? You know, because yeah. I came to a point in the gym where I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, same old, stuck here for how many years? Not much changes. So I thought, you know what, yeah, jump out of that comfort zone, do something that's going to stretch you, yeah. something you've never ever done before. I thought, you know, yeah, I'm going to do some competing, and it's something I've always wanted to do. But I'll, I'll say, right, this year I want to compete. Next thing you know, it's the 31st of December. I said, right, this year I'm going to compete. 30 faces and nothing's mm. happening. So sometimes you need to take action. Absolutely. Because like we said earlier, you can talk a good game. Absolutely. All it comes to doing, that's a whole different story. Some, pe- some people feel like they're doing push-ups or they're getting bigger by just talking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll get so pumped up in the yeah. moment. They'll listen to a motivational thing and then they're feeling grateful. Like that 30 minutes, but I'm like, okay, now you've got to work. And that, that work bit and whatever it is in life. So say, for instance, if you use my property, for example, mm. A lot of the stuff I do in this job, it's not great. And sometimes people will look at it from from their um, perspective and think, oh, you've got the life, you can work with you. I'm like, listen, 90% of my day, I hate doing these tasks, but I have to do it Discipline. in order to get my freedom. Discipline equals freedom. Mm. Basically, that's how I see it. Um, same with the gym. So I, I get the smirk remarks. Oh, you're always in the gym. You're addicted to the gym. First, I used to get my back up a little bit because mm. I didn't want to be that guy. But I'm like, Okay, that's fine. I'd that's, rather be addicted to that than some other exactly, substance. Exactly. And at the same time, similar to yourself, there's, I'd say three or four times a week, I really want to get to the gym because you just you feel good, you feel great. Mm-hmm. The other times, and when I'm doing, sometimes I do two workouts a day as well, I don't want to be there, yeah. but I have to be there and I convince myself and I self-talk and the struggle I go through in my own head to get myself to the gym that morning mm-hmm. is tough, but it has to be done and it's become, it's a habit now. It's like, it's like when I breathe or when I eat and drink, it's, yeah. it's just part of it. And I think... Second nature. Yeah. Everyone should do that because like you said, it's so transferable into anything. If I can put myself out of my comfort zone every single day and do that and then do that with other tasks in my life, i.e. the podcasting, i.e. my property or my coaching or whatever, mm. then slowly, like with the gym pro- progress, it's going to start happening, isn't it? You're going to start reaching the Absolutely. goals. Absolutely. And look, even things such as uh, meal prep. I never used to meal prep. Yeah. Never used to meal prep. And, you know, that would result to a bit of work. I'm like, oh, fancy a KFC. Mm. Last time I'm at KFC, I eat the KFC afterwards. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah, lethargic, horrible, you know? yeah. Sometimes I'll not eat lunch. And by the time, just before gym, I'll be starving. And I'll have one thing stuck in my mouth, like Big John's. Straight, I've got to Big John's and go to gym straight after. You cannot outwork a bad diet. And it's that thing of now I meal prep. It takes me two hours mm. to do four days worth of food. And I feel great. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's a habit. I don't even dread meal prep. Mm. I enjoy it. And it's that thing again, man. Motivation lasts only for a certain amount of time. Discipline lasts forever. I agree. 100%. I think um, I used to be a personal trainer mm. for like seven, eight years. And I've got kind of going into like a coaching aspect, I suppose, with people. So like with my property and business and stuff. And one of the first things I always say to people when they approach me, oh, can you coach me for accountability or help me get, get over this hurdle in my life, for example? Mm. It's okay do you work out? That's literally one of the first questions I ask, mm-hmm. which they probably don't expect from a coach because mm-hmm. they're thinking, oh, you're going to give me some system or something that you need to do for business. And the majority of them say no. Um, and I'm like, well, that, that needs to change because the way I do my stuff is that's the first thing we look at. We focus in on your health, which I mm-hmm. believe is your biggest wealth, you know, health is wealth, that kind of thing. Um, your mind, getting that right. And that's kind of just how I look at it. So um, I think me going to the gym, especially through my boxing period just before I met you at doing the masters has been one of the biggest disadvantages I had when I went to this property game and this business game because I was like I just take that work ethic where I was out working everyone in the gym yeah and I just bring it into here okay I don't know as much about property or business as most people but most people start work about nine they work till about half five for example they have about an hour and a half and they're dicking off on lunch they're looking at youtube videos halfway through if I just wake up seven eight o'clock but I don't have all that time and I just work till seven eight o'clock at night very very quickly over a couple of years i've caught them back up if that makes sense yeah, so that's I kind of what that. i've done I get that, of course yeah okay fantastic so what is your biggest fear what is my biggest fear okay um my biggest fear is i would say 
to not be able to give my family the life that I would like to give them, like the life that I feel that they deserve. What would change in their day to day? Would it be that you want to retire them from work or send them on a holiday? I mean, what kind of things are you what, thinking? What would change them? Um, them not even to wake up to go to work. Mm. That would be the main thing. The choice. The, yeah, the choice. Mm. If they do choose to go to work, it's out of choice. It's not because they have to. Yeah. And at the moment, it's a case of they've got to. That makes sense. Because look, we spend a lot of our time at work. More of our time. More of our time at work. Because by the time we get home, everyone's tired or either go get into bed. That's your nearest and dearest. You don't spend as much time as you do with them as you do at work. Absolutely. And for me, I'd like for my family to be opposite. Mm. For us to spend because that's that's invaluable, man. It is. For us to spend more time together than spend more time doing something that does not really benefit us, mm. you know. In the short amount of time we've got. In the short amount of time that we've got. So that's my biggest fear because it's that thing of the unpredictable. Life is unpredictable, man. You know, things happen day in, day out. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen this quote, he said that we we die while we're still alive. Mm. You know, you don't expect it to happen, but things happen. Mm. And for me, I'll be really disappointed if I, if something, anything's to happen and I've not been able to give my family the life that mm. they deserve. That's one of my biggest fear. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Okay, so the next question is about motivation. I'd be lying, I suppose, if I said there wasn't days where I struggled to keep myself motivated. I think mm -hmm. I've touched on this earlier with yeah. the gym stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty certain yourself have those days as well. I've yet to meet anybody who doesn't need some level of motivation or something that just keeps them going on the days where they just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. So what I want to know is, on those days where you feel like maybe you're in a funk or your motivation's gone and the, it's just not clicking in your head mm -hmm. and you don't want to go to the gym. I know we touched on discipline, for example, or you don't want to go to work. What is driving you on that particular day? Okay. Um, I always think that someone else is working harder. Right? That's me, by the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, some, okay, if we had to relate this to something like, you know, uh, the competitions that I'm going to do. Mm. Like I said, I don't want to go to gym every day. But I do. Sometimes I'm in the gym. I'm not 100, percent but I still give it everything that I can on that day. Yeah. You know, I think to myself, I want to be standing on that stage, and if I've lost, it's not because I was outworked. No regrets. I refuse. Yeah. I want to lose with my head held high, knowing that I gave. There's nothing more that I could have actually given it. I gave it everything. Mm -hmm. That's what motivates me. I don't want to be standing there thinking, oh, man, if only I went to the gym that one day. Mm. That's gonna eat you. That will eat yeah. me alive. So it's that thing of not wanting to be outworked. It's okay, yeah, you're gonna lose. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm okay with losing, but I don't wanna lose because I do not give my, my all, yeah. you know? That. But that's gym related. But in regards to um, life in general, I could just touch that upon, man. It's that life that I wanna give for my family. And that's, that, that's what motivates me. It's just that thing of, man, you can't afford to let that grip slip. Yeah. That's, that, that's what pushes me. And you know what motivates me even more? That the fact that they're waking up and going to work yeah. that day. Yeah. On that day, they're waking up to go to work. I, yeah. That's that's my motivation. Just the fact that they have to wake up for work that day. That gets you out. That makes sure you don't hit that snooze button. Exactly. And I hear that because exactly. I had the same with my wife who, while I went on this journey where I was self-employed and um, not earning no money, I was literally counting. I had this much money to spend. I was like, I need to get to a network meeting. I need to pay for a coffee. I need... I was working my pennies out, like bootstrapping. Mm. But the thing that would always get me out of bed was um, I'd always put my alarm on just before, before my wife. Yeah. Because I'm like, she's having to go to work to support this. Do you know what I mean? And that used to keep me going every single day. That's it. So I hear that. Okay. Okay, so now you've heard the buzzer has just gone off and we're at the fun part of the show where I'm going to put you through your paces. Now, the beautiful thing about this is T doesn't know any of the questions I'm going to ask him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set the timer for 60 seconds. Okay, so we're going to start in three, two, one. The ability to fly or be invisible. Fly. Money or fame. Money. Ronnie Coleman or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Favorite protein shake flavor. Banana. Singing or dancing. Dancing. Netflix or YouTube. YouTube. Marvel or DC. Marvel. Favorite TV show ever. Family would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When? Love or money? Love. Books or movies? Books. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? It would probably be The Rock. Your worst fear growing up? Was snakes. What is your biggest addiction? My biggest addiction is gym. Summer or winter? Summer. Your favourite place in the whole wide world? Zim. 
Speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Speak all languages. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Racism. Your favourite song ever? Lost Ones, Jacob. Read minds or predict the future? Read minds. Your favourite superhero? Iron Man. And why? Because it's Tony Stark. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. It's probably one of mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're nearly... There's just a couple of more questions left. Okay. Um, the next one's on reflection. So hindsight's a wonderful thing. And upon reflection, we can always think of ways to get to where we currently are quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But I also guess the journey teaches us a lot as well. I'm a strong believer in trusting the process and enjoying the process. So what I want to know is... If you could go back in time to that one moment where you really struggled and suffered with adversity, so if you use the university example, and you could just whisper something in the ear of a younger T, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? What would I tell myself? Be proactive. No one's going to give this to you. Mm. Only you can do this. No one can race you, can run your race for you. You've got to do it. Brilliant. So we are actually at the last question now. If in 150 years' time... And science fails to save all of us. We're no longer here. And um, all that exists is a book on the life of T. By the way, you can't choose that from the title. <laughs> <laughs> and on that book, it's a, it can be as big as you want, but somebody's walking past. What would make that person pick it up? Right? So what I want to know is, what would the blurb say? And what would the title of that book say about you? Okay. Um... T Pain. T-Pain. <laughs> or T's pain. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you can't have it. Yeah, I can't have that one. Um, okay, it'll be something in regards to, I know that this is something that I'm always uh, sort of, someone who just worked hard to chase their American dream for their family despite not living in America. You can't say British dream. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound, it, it doesn't exactly sound right. right. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. I know that that's not going to grab people's attention, but that is truly that what would encompass me. Okay, yeah. and title for the book? Title. The British Dream. Mm. Nah, that's, nah, that's, no? not, that's not it. That's not it. Especially, <laughs> especially if the blurb says um, a guy who worked hard to get the American Dream. They're going to be thinking, this author has no idea what he's on about. <laughs> um, my story. My story. My that's story. Fine. Great. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. good answer. It's a good answer. Okay. Um, so there you've heard it. You've heard like an unbelievable story of somebody who's come from a place where many of us who are listening to this now haven't had to come from, I suppose. And uh, I studied with T at university and a lot of this I never knew myself. So it's, um, it's been inspiring for myself to hear this, especially when I sit back and I think about when we were doing coursework and I used to struggle with the English, English language myself. So just to think how hard it must have been for you as well. It, it just makes you appreciate how fortunate we all are. Before we leave, um, I always like to ask my um, guests if they could just give us one place where we could reach out to you. I'll probably say Snapchat, realistically. That's okay. what I use more than anything. That's fine, yeah. And your username for Snapchat? Catch a Freeman. Catch a Freeman. Okay, fantastic. I'll put that in the show notes. I will probably put your Instagram in there as well. Okay. Because I find it inspirational. There's a lot of great quotes, a bit like my Instagram. Uh, but there's also a lot of uh, training footage as well and we spoke prior to this uh, interview as well T's on a transformation where he's gone from just under probably 100kg down to like 78 I think at the minute Mm -hmm. and it's probably going to get lower so it just shows you that if you really trust the process and you work hard you can really get to where you want to get to and I just want to say thank you for coming down I really do appreciate it and to everyone at home thanks for listening And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.